0: Hi, I'm Sam Slater from Von Calibre and today I'm joined by one of my colleagues, Stacey, with a bit of a different programme from usual. We were originally going to chat about pollution and how we can use and invest in clean energy to help reduce it. But actually, when I started researching the topic, another stat jumped out at me and took me in an unexpected direction. The stat is this. If the entire US population stopped eating meat, it would be like taking 60 million cars off the road. Now, while I'm ready to cut down on my meat intake, the thought of never having another steak and chips again makes me a little bit sad. But I'm obviously happy for Americans to stop eating it. What's your view, Stacey?
1: (laughs) Very funny. Um, I'm not entirely against it, although I don't drive, so that is one less car on the road. But I do think I could possibly be a flexitarian and not eating meat or even dairy every day. And actually in the UK, over a third of people regularly take days off from eating meat and meat-free Mondays are becoming increasingly popular. So it's not just us Americans who are thinking about cutting down meat. Um, But it is true. The livestock industry has an enormous carbon footprint. Uh, Cows, sheep, poultry farming accounts for 18% of human-produced greenhouse gas emissions worldwide. And that's more emissions from those ships and planes, trucks, cars, everything put together. Wow,
0: I find that quite shocking.
1: Me too. It was something that I spoke to Eva Keynes, an analyst at Aberdeen Standard Investments, about when we spoke um, about our climate change podcast together. And She actually had more on this, and I think she says it best. Yeah, and the other thing that needs to be tackled with agriculture is the amount produced that is wasted. So I think about a third of all food produced is wasted. Again, that was mentioned in the latest IPCC report, and that contributes to about 10% of greenhouse gas emissions globally. I mean, this is is the size of the emissions of the whole European Union, and that's huge.
0: So apparently livestock farming also degrades land and water and contributes to deforestation. I think it's 30% of land worldwide is currently used either for livestock farming or to grow grain to feed that livestock. I suppose you can just look at what's happening to the Amazon rainforest. I think it was Luciano Diana who runs Pictet Global Environmental Opportunities Fund who came in to see us recently. It was um, something that he said about Amazon deforestation being a protein problem. It's basically to create land, to grow crops, to feed animals and to feed us. He thinks it's a huge topic.
1: Yeah, his his presentation had some figures on it when... He was speaking to us, and apparently there's already been more than 100,000 fires there this year, with more than 50,000 acres burnt and 23 million tons of CO2 emitted. And all of this is to make room for more farming. Livestock is also a primary contributor to salt and freshwater pollution all over the world. And Jamie Jenkins, manager of BMO Responsible Global Equity, who we interviewed for a video recently, told us about a U.S. company which provides services on a number of water issues.
2: Now Xylem, it's like a supermarket for water. Water issues, it provides a whole wide range of products and services around the provision of water to both uh, individuals and companies. I was only looking this week that there's over 2 billion people of the world population who do not have access to drinking water. And Xylem is one of these companies that through its product range is enabling both companies to treat water and also put in Clean water infrastructure, and there's a big unmet need in emerging markets for new projects, and also there's a real refresh cycle required in in developed countries such as the U.S. and Europe, where we know infrastructure really needs a massive upgrade.
0: So Jamie's mentioned one company there that you can invest in for the theme, Um, but trying to find others is pretty difficult. We're asked about this on occasion. by fund managers and it's always quite a feat to find something that you can invest in um the global vegan and vegetarian market said to be worth about 50 billion dollars and the sale of plant-based meat alternatives is set to grow by about 20 percent annually in the coming years but it's still from a reasonably low base um the global meat market in comparison is worth about a thousand billion dollars if that's the right way of saying it um so the alternatives are just a small fraction of the market. So anyway, we had a look, didn't we?
1: Yeah, there's, there's some companies out there, of course. There's Impossible Foods that launched It's Impossible Burger 2.0 in more than 5,000 restaurants worldwide, including Burger King in the US. Um, Beyond Meat is another meat-free burger company that's had similar success and listed on the stock market very recently. But I actually couldn't find a fund manager that had invested in the IPO to ask them. However, again, when I was talking to Eva about it, a flexitarian herself, she was saying that it was a very successful IPO and it really changed the perception of growth of a company that's going into plant-based alternatives. and she thinks it's really exciting it's an exciting market where we'll see revolution in the next decade in terms of what we can consume and what we can produce carl stick manager of rathbone
0: income fund who also happens to be a vegan himself he had uh, something to say about this too when he came in to see us recently
2: beyond meat is is, is a fascinating business i mean it came to the market i think at 25 dollars and got as high as 235 two hundred forty one one day Um, valuing it is really difficult it's fascinating the very fact there was this investor appetite shows that people are interested in this technology but it's it's not so difficult i think there are lots of companies looking at ways of producing plant-based alternatives to try and get meat eaters thinking i can have something different i can make a choice today to have something different the technology is getting better but i'm not sure that the barriers to entry are always going to be there it may be a first first person past the post may, may get a better prize, but I'm not sure from the investor's point of view um, how easy it is to actually value these businesses. But it's definitely interesting and the, the high profile nature of that IPO um, shows how uh, interesting investors are in this area.
1: But as we've said, it's still a very small market. It's complicated for more mainstream companies. For example, Guinness is not made using animal products but it was filtered using glass made from fish bladders, which made it unsuitable for vegans, obviously. And drink makers Diageo, which is a holding in quite a few elite-rated and elite-radar funds, such as AXA, Framington, UK Select Opportunities, Investic UK Alpha, Smith & Williamson Enterprise, Threadneedle UK Extended Alpha. Diageo has now stopped using this icing glass to make Guinness um, which makes it now a vegan friendly option and has made vegan alternatives to other beverages in its portfolio such as Bailey's
0: oh okay um I think we also found that some large food producers have also launched their own brand vegan products haven't they I think So Nestle, which is a holding in Elite Rated, Janice Henderson European Focus and Waverton European Capital Growth, has purchased a plant-based food producer Sweet Earth um, and Unilever, which is another holding in Brown Advisory Global Leaders, Morgan Stanley Global Brands and Even Low Global Income, has made some of its popular everyday products vegan friendly. So it's introduced new tea bags for PG Tips that work better with the likes of almond and soy milk.
1: Let's not forget Tesco. Mm -hmm. It's another popular holding in funds like Artemis Income, GAM UK Equity Income, Marion UK Alpha, Investec UK Special Situations and it's launched its Wicked Kitchen range of plant-based food. Plant-based alternatives aren't the only option though. Uh, in the future we might even be growing meat in laboratories. That
0: sounds gross doesn't it? It's uh, But actually I think it's a real possibility. Carl mentioned this as well didn't he?
2: There are lots of different things. I mean, there's businesses, there are tech businesses in Israel that are looking at lab grown meat, which we may all think, oh, that's really squeamish. But, you know, you could, if you can grow meat in laboratory conditions, you're not going to have the animal cruelty. You're not going to be killing animals. You're also not going to be eating the nasties like salmonella. In addition, and these are very nascent technologies, I think one area that we may start to look at, which could be fascinating, is hydroponics and looking at different ways of growing vegetables, plants, salad leaves um, in water, in buildings. People are looking at using... Um, derelict buildings in inner cities to grow vegetables Mm. that's a fascinating idea to actually use our land better use brownfield sites use underground sites tunnels to grow salad leaves it's a a fascinating area there are lots of alternative ways of producing food that i think we as a planet are going to need to think about because there are more of us and as we get more affluent you eat more food uh, and we can't all eat Cows follicking around in green fields, Uh, the agricultural, the industrial production of large quantities of meat takes up a lot of space. We've got to look at alternative ways of doing it.
1: Luciano was also quite vocal about this. He said that it's exciting times because we have the technology to try to manufacture some proteins and effectively bypass animals. And if we look at the pace of technology innovation that we've seen over the past few years and project that another 10 or 20 years, there's going to be some incredible changes to our society. And it could change entire countries, Brazil and Argentina, for example. It may change the value of our agricultural land and they'll have to reinvent themselves essentially.
0: You wouldn't think all of this was involved in it, or would you? It's uh, quite fascinating. But anyway, that's all we've got time for. Um, we'd better get back to research and all that clean energy that we were going to talk about. Um, but if you'd like to listen to more of our Investing on the Go podcast, please subscribe to fundcalibre.com. Please remember we've been discussing individual stocks to bring investing to life for you. It's not a recommendation to buy or to sell. The fund may or may not still hold these stocks at the time of your listening.